Welcome back to episode four of Happier Days podcast. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to apologize on last week's absence. Uh, we did take a break due to mental health and just schoolwork and catching up. Uh, always prioritizing being a student first and then podcast second. Um, but we are back this week and actually we're back with two very important guests. Um, I would like to introduce uh, President Kasunik, Grace Kasunik. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. Um, and Vice President of USG, JP Garcher, or James yes. Garcher. Yeah. So welcome on, guys. Like, how are you guys doing? Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Excited to be here. I don't know. It's been a long, busy day, but happy to end it this way. Glad to be say, here. Yeah, I'm excited. So it's well, glad to be here. We're happy to have you. Seriously. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> um, so I just want to start off like, what what made you guys like join USG? Like, what? Why are you guys in USG? So we actually have very different stories of why we joined. I think uh, we funnily enough joined at the same time, but in very different branches and very different roles. Um, so I joined my sophomore year, uh, ran in the election in the fall semester. Um, and I ran for a senator at large position, which basically just means that you represent all undergraduate students, um, regardless of like their major academic college or anything. Um, and I joined because I was going through actually a really rough time my sophomore year and just kind of still struggling to find my place here at UA and just find my group of people or what I was even passionate about or cared about. Um, I was going through a time kind of hating my major and all my classes that I was in, just pushing through all the gen ed grind, if anybody can relate to that. Um, so I joined USG basically because my RA at the time was in USG and just kind of suggested that I do something, join a student org. I wasn't really involved in anything, which was very different for me because in high school I was a two-sport athlete, always involved in every club under the sun, always super involved. Um, so just kind of wanted to get back to my roots in that sense and back to what I was used to. So. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like Grace mentioned, my story is very different. Um, I joined like right out of the gate my freshman year. Um, I joined the executive branch. I did not like run for anything. I just kind of applied. I interviewed. Uh, I actually applied for a different position than what I got. I originally applied to be like what we would call now like our director for diversity and inclusion. Um, and they gave me the role of like a technology coordinator. So. I like tech. I'm savvy with it. I guess you could call it. I'm not any. I'm not like a brainiac, but <clears throat> like I just do it in my free time. So I initially got into USG on that role, and then just started to pick up more and more projects here and there. And then last year, um, I was the chief of staff during COVID, um, and then have been the vice president since um, February of last year. But then uh, was elected, like officially elected um, in April, I think, or April or March of last year. So um, yeah, that is how I got involved. So very different, but I was along the same path of grace, like in high school, um, I did golf, I was in like student council, um, vice president of like my class, but then I was just like, I like this, I like keeping it going. I was just trying to find things that I wanted to do my freshman year and uh, USGC seemed like one of those things where I've really felt like I could make a change on campus and I think I have so far. So that's kind of how I got started. Nice. So I got to ask you guys, like being the president, vice president of USG, like what are some tips or like things that you guys do to like stay so on top of, or maybe you're not on top of it and you just play a good, you, you play the image and you actually are struggling. I don't know. How do you guys stay on top of like what you guys are doing? How do you manage your schedules, stay on meetings, do homework, go to classes? Like, 
Um, What's that look like? I would say, Grace has shown me a lot of good tips. Um, One of the biggest things I would say is like putting things on a schedule. And this is like very up to the person, Mm -hmm. I would say. So like, um, I always am like, oh, I'm going to put stuff on a paper planner. And it just like never works out like that because then I buy it and then I don't look at it for like a month. And then I forget I have it. It's shoved at the bottom of my backpack and it's like folded over and stuff. Um, I use an app called Notion. Grace put me onto it and she could talk about it more, but like, um, it's just like a schedule planner. And if anybody like uses like a notepad to do their stuff on, I would just, it's free. Like, it's just so much better. You can customize it any way you want. I also use my, my Outlook calendar a ton just because all of my meetings and like emails and stuff are on there. So if Grace or I ever need to like plan a meeting with each other or like with other people on campus, it's super nice because they all can see when I'm available or like when I'm in class or stuff like that. So even it's like, I'm not like, I'm still doing USG work, but I'm in class. Like people can see that because I'll have it like blocked out on my calendar. That's like some ways that I like keep everything intact. But Grace has probably got better tips because she does way more than I do. <laughs> um, I was actually going to give a very different answer, and you kind mm. of opened up with this. Uh, but I'm not on top of things. Um, I do live and exist by my Outlook calendar. It is terrifyingly color-coded and organized, and that's literally <laughs> the only way that I can exist the way that I do. Um, but no, JP and I were actually just talking about this today. Like, I am at a point right now, I'm a senior right now, just going through senioritis and just burnout, which I actually wanted to talk about later. But Um, Yeah, I have like no motivation to ever go to class or anything. So it's been really tough kind of managing the stress of USG, the stress of being a normal student, uh, being a human being, and then actually trying to attempt and go to class and get all my assignments done. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I've been really struggling with going to class and everything, but I do think it is very helpful to stay organized and JP definitely kind of keeps me on track with that. Uh, Definitely live by Notion, gotta recommend it for anybody. Um, It's also very aesthetically pleasing, which is like fun for me because it's like, if you have a planner, it's one of those things that like, it's a chore and a task that you have to put stuff into, but Notion, it's more of like a fun thing that you get to do and like planning out your week is really helpful for me and how I stay track. Um, I think at the beginning of the semester, I was struggling to even worse than I am now to manage everything. So I started blocking out basically every minute of my day. So my workouts are on there. The minute that I'm studying down to the time is on there. Um, Anytime I'm in meetings is on my calendar. Um, And it's just easy because I have the app on my phone and you can kind of look at that and say like, what is your agenda for the day? What do I have coming up next? And that's just kind of how I stay on on top of things. But yeah, definitely struggling to stay on top of it all. Um, And I'll be very real about that to anybody that asks me. so grace you gave me a little bit of insight um you talked a little bit about sophomore year uh you were going through some struggles and by no means i'm not forcing you guys to open up it's not what this is like i'm not saying hey like tell me your problems like uh but if you would like to uh share a little bit about like what you were going through yeah absolutely uh so i think any freshman can really relate to that just kind of transition period being away from home for the first time Um, I was lucky enough to be coming to Akron with some of my closest friends from high school, Um, and part of that friend group was actually the guy that I had been dating for five years. So sophomore year, we broke up, and that was just a really hard time for me, um, kind of dealing with, first of all, losing somebody that was such a big part of my life for five years, and then also losing the friends that kind of were in the same friend group and everything. Um, That wasn't something that I had ever expected to have to deal with so suddenly, and just at that time, it was over winter break, so I wasn't home or anything. I was still at Akron on campus. Um, Not a lot of my friends were around, so then... Is just kind of dealing with that situation in itself and then also kind of coupled with the loneliness and anxiety that came along with just being physically alone as well. 
Um, like I said, we were together for five years. So that was the first time I'd ever really had to deal with being physically alone. So that was a big adjustment and something that I think I'm still struggling with now, but definitely working towards being better at. Um, but yeah, and then I think just kind of, again, being over winter break and being like physically alone definitely led me down a dark path of just not really ever having the motivation to get out of bed or like go work out, do the things that I ever really mm-hmm. loved or cared about or anything. Um, definitely started in a downward spiral from that side of things. Um, actually developed an eating disorder for a little while there. Uh, so worked really hard to come overcome that. Um, but yeah, it just kind of felt like one thing after another. And I think a lot of the times you hear about like that snowball effect, just one thing leading to another. And then yep. those struggles are kind of mm-hmm. compounding on each other. And then it's just all at once, everything going on. Um, at, while you were struggling, like, and JP have, I actually want to ask you this too. Mm-hmm. Um, have you yourself struggled with like, I'll get, I'll come back to grace. Um, <laughs> I'm not like disregarding that. I just want to no, get no, both yeah, yeah. and see, I got you. uh, have, have you yourself struggled with mental health or, um, yeah, it's, and it's kind of difficult because I realize that I internalize everything Um, And this is one of my biggest problems is I understand myself really well. I know how I communicate internally, but I, and you can talk to anybody about this about me and they'll say the same thing is I can't figure out how to express that like to more than one person because like I jumble up my words all the time and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely been something I've struggled with in the past. Um, Just been like either friends that I've known that have gone through stuff that I don't really know how to support that or um, like even this is a big family thing um, like both on like extended family members on both sides of my family have had like mental health disorders like whether that's depression or substance abuse um, because of like whether that's physical ailments or anything like that so uh, you mentioned earlier like talking about like families and stuff like that like I know it's genetic at some point so um it's definitely been a struggle for me not to really like acknowledge that mental health is there but like for me at least like my mental health challenges it's just figuring out like what they are and like how to how to express it so i can like get it off my shoulders if that makes sense so i don't know i like i don't know i guess if I, i guess to sum up like what i'm trying to say is like i don't really know i feel like i do but i just don't know like exactly what it is but i probably could like if I probably got like sit down, sat down with a therapist, they'd probably be like, okay, here's, um, here's what we got. Have you guys ever gone to, have you guys ever used Akron's like counseling resources? Yeah, I have. So sophomore year, um, like I mentioned, I was in that really dark place. Um, and it was something that I struggled with for a very long time. Uh, coming out of winter break, my friends were back around finally. So that was a really good resource for me. Um, but definitely turned into thinking of like, I was just, not necessarily even like moving on, but just like going through the motions and had never actually dealt with what I was experiencing or feeling. Um, And so it just kind of kept happening where like one little thing would happen that would just trigger all the same emotions again. And it was just kind of that constant feeling of not being able to overcome it was honestly like frustrating for me at a certain point. Um, So finally, I know he's okay with me saying his name and he's probably proud of this, but uh, Greg Hustack, if you guys know him, was actually the first one to- I know Greg. Yes, gotta love him. He was featured on this, I know. Um, But yeah, he was actually the one who uh, kind of suggested therapy to me as a concept. And I, at first, kind of not disregarded it, but mental health was really not something that like my family ever talked about, never really was like normalized within my family. So I unfortunately kind of, not necessarily grew up with, but had the stigma in my mind of like, therapy is only for people that are absolutely like, 
broken or something's wrong with them um and I wasn't at a point where I was willing to accept that that's where I was or like that there was even anything wrong with going to therapy um so Greg was the first one to kind of mention it to me or suggest that it was something that I try out um so I did I called the counseling and testing center in Akron just because I knew it was free to all students which is a really great aspect of it um and first of all if you're ever like hesitating to use the counseling and testing center in Akron the woman on the phone that you call when you make your intake appointment so nice. she's the sweetest woman I've Paulette. ever spoken with yes Paulette I love her mm-hmm. um so I called and set up my intake appointment um but I actually it gave me like weirdly more anxiety knowing like okay this is actually something I'm going to start doing so I actually canceled my intake appointment um and then I think I was at a point where like every week I was calling and rescheduling and then a few hours later would call back and cancel it. And I think by like the third or fourth time that I had called and canceled it, uh, Paulette actually was like, I don't know if she just knew my name at this point or knew my voice, but she was like, hey, like if you're hesitating about this, just try it out. It's not something that you have to continue doing if you hate it. But she was just like, if you're in a place where you need somebody to talk to, um, this is the place for you basically. And um actually just started breaking down and crying on the phone with her in that moment. Um, So she was able to get me into like an immediate kind of situation. Uh, So she sent me up an appointment for later that same day, which was really great. And then a counselor called me, had my intake appointment. Um, It was really easy. It's just like a quick phone call, really just to kind of, first of all, do like a little intro with somebody at the counseling and testing center. It's not necessarily like who your counselor is going to be, but just kind of explaining what you're there for, what you're hoping to get out of therapy, your preferences for a counselor, if you'd like a male or a female, anything like that. Um, You can choose if you'd like them to be religious, things like that. Um, So my counselor, I think I was on a waiting list only for like a week. And then I met with my counselor for the first time and he was really great. We had a great vibe. Um, When I first started going, I was going weekly and then I turned into not really needing it as much necessarily as time went on after probably like six months, I'd say. Um, my counselor kind of said like, you know, you're in a much better place than we started going to, like you don't have to do weekly just so you know, like it's totally up to you whenever you want to do it. Um, so I actually just started doing as needed, which was really great for me just with a busy schedule at the time and school and everything. Um, I would just like teams message him whenever I was like struggling or like felt like anxiety was coming on or anything like that, that I had some big stressors coming up, um, which was really great for me. Just kind of that like ease of not having to call every time necessarily and just we'd set up an appointment over teams that way which was really great um so I've been going to therapy I'd say yeah since about my sophomore year halfway through um but then my counselor that I really liked actually left the testing center which really sucked um so that was kind of an adjustment that I had to make and for a while I was really anxious and kind of hesitant to even continue going because I was in such a better place it wasn't something that I really felt I needed to do especially without that connection there that I still had Um, But he was really great about it. He uh, teams messaged me, let me know that he was even leaving, which I really appreciated. So it wasn't like a surprise the next time I needed somebody. Um, He said that he was going to pass on my file to somebody else and gave me like the intro with her, which was really great. Uh, So then I started going to see her. But actually, unfortunately, we just did not vibe well. Um, I use my therapy much more as like a way to just kind of like an outlet to talk to somebody and like for validation like for me it was really nice because I can like recall several times like I would tell him something that like I was going through or like that I had felt in that moment uh during that period sophomore year and just having somebody whose only job it is to say like wow that must have been really hard and it's like yeah that was really hard thanks like that was just really great for me so that's what I use my therapy for Uh, but the new counselor that I was meeting with was more of like a question and answer kind of a vibe which I did not enjoy at all Um, so I actually recently changed counselors with the testing center which was also really easy to do um, which I really appreciate because I feel like that is a really important part of therapy just kind of getting that connection and that vibe with whoever you're meeting with 
Um, so I just kind of called them and said like, hey, nothing against this person. It just, is it possible for me to switch? And Paulette again came through. <laughs> she was really nice about it, said like, you know, you don't have to explain anything. Like, yeah, of course, it's super easy. Uh, so they were able to set me up with another counselor within the week, which was really great and I really appreciated. So definitely recommend their services to anybody. Like I said, they're free to all UA students. Um, they're really great, really receptive, and it's on like an as-needed basis for you. It's not necessarily however you want. You can also choose the modality of your counseling. So for me, I really like doing it over Teams just because I'm more comfortable that way, but I know you can also do over a phone call or going in person if that's something that you would prefer. So really recommend their services. Go ahead, Jamie. Yeah, um, so I really haven't like taken a huge um, like step towards my mental health um, only up until like the past like six months, I would say, just because I never really prioritized it in my life up until like about a year and a half ago when like things really moved online and I really started to notice like, okay, I'm in my house all the time. I'm in front of a computer. Like what is really happening? Like I started to really question like, what am I going through? Or like, how exactly is this all affecting me? Like being online is just totally, totally different. Cause I feel like, at least for me in the scramble of like school and things that I was doing off campus, like I never really got a chance to like focus on me. Like I just felt like that wasn't really, not that it wasn't important, but it wasn't important to me at that time. So um, I haven't gone to counseling. I haven't gone to therapy. It's definitely something that I am like going to do within the next couple of weeks, probably after like this week, I'll do my intake appointment. Um, thank you, Grace, for like pointing me in that direction because I didn't know where to start. And I think that's probably the hardest part for people is like figuring out where to start. Um, but I have had like a lot more interactions with the counseling and testing center this year, at least, and especially through COVID. Um, I got mental health first aid certified through the counseling and testing center, which was a really cool experience. So, um, I just feel like I'm more able to, uh, like help people going through that kind of stuff, which I think is, um, definitely something that I will probably value like for the rest of my life. So even though I haven't like been to therapy or been to counseling, I know like the reputation that the counseling and testing center has on this campus and like how many people it's like really helped. So I will definitely be using them soon, but yeah. <laughs> Right, and Grace, I think, took the words like literally right out of my mouth with the <laughs> intake. Because um, me, myself, actually, um, I'm just going to be straightforward and honest. The reason why uh, we didn't film last week's episode is because uh, I was just going through some things. And uh, I was like, you know what? I need to take a step back and stop being a hypocrite to myself. Because I'm sitting here giving people advice and I'm not even going to counseling myself and I have problems that I'm going through mm. and I'm not like taking the spotlight and putting it on me but I was just like if you're really going to dive down in you're recommending this to people like you need to try it yourself at least and so I actually went to counseling and uh, actually with the help I just I'm just going to be honest like I broke down crying like I had problems like going on with uh, with my stepmom uh, that have been recurring for like I want to say like a year and a half, two years now after my dad's uh, passed away, and I'm not gonna go into detail with it because that's definitely a whole nother episode. Um, but I it just was eating at me and like a lot I was losing sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't wake up from my classes getting behind on schoolwork um 
working a part-time job, which I now quit to focus on school. Like I was having problems with my manager because I was irritable because I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I need to figure this out. And so I went through the intake and I made like an improve, like a neutral and what I liked about like the whole entire counseling like experience. Um, and you, like you said, you, t- you took the words right out of my mouth, Grace. It's very straightforward. You get to choose what you want to do, who you want to be in contact with, what do you want to talk to them about, um, what you're comfortable, like what their background is. Like you said, if they're religious or not, if you want religious in incor- religion incorporated, um, things of that nature. Um, but some things that I also thought that they could have improved on, um, was like not when I say timeliness uh, you mentioned it with being put on a waiting list um, as, as as selfish as this may sound um, I am well very well aware of people's needs and urgents are much more important than mine because I don't know what people are going through uh, they're very and it's all based on a case-to-case thing. It's very severe. It's very traumatic. I don't know. Some people could be going through something. I have no idea how to even wrap my head around. But then I took myself and I was like, remove yourself from your problems and put it in someone else's shoes that they don't understand that and that they feel like they're being put on a waiting list, not because of they, they don't want to help you, but it's because... They may feel like you like this is what I feel like kind of felt like your issues aren't in, aren't important to Akron, and I was like whoa 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 all right so let's not do that let's not think about that and put it into like more layman terms like reality. Um, so I was like what could they improve on? I I said I said they should have more readily accessible counselors, um, but in turn that also comes with money. Um, so I do think like that is an issue. Uh, so I don't really have a solution for that. Uh, I could just say like we need to raise more money. We need to hire more counselors. But like I said, hiring more counselors costs money. Um, so that brings me to like my next thing of what I did like, uh, other than like how the intake process was, was when I was talking to my counselor. Uh, they have this program called Impact, um, and it basically they you have a free meeting and session with a counselor at Akron one time, and then you either get put on a waiting list for a week or two until it's your turn to be met with, or you can kind of quote unquote skip the waiting list and. You're still going through the University of Akron, but they're putting you in touch with an outside source through a program called Impact. And what that program does is it provides six free sessions, um, and then you can continue to go with them uh, through like, and they'll match they'll match it up with your medical insurance and health insurance, what providers they take, what they don't take. So it's it's all free. Um, so I thought that was like huge. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to skip the waiting list. Like I need, I need help now. Like if I could, I'd talk to someone today, but, um, I realized that's not all the case. It's not about me. So people, I got to wait my turn. And so I, 
I signed up for the impact. Um, and I'm readily waiting for my counselor now. Um, and then I also made like kind of like a neutral category. And I'd, I didn't know how I felt about it at first. But I didn't know. I didn't like it. I didn't necessarily dislike it. I was just kind of like cautious, if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I got paired with actually the first session I ever talked with, an inter- like psychology intern. Um, and I was kind of off put by that at first like this dude's just a student like me like but no it really like opened my eyes like once I actually talked to him like no this dude knows what he's talking about this dude knows he's going to school for this to become a psychologist like he's put the time and effort in to help people the best that he can and Akron has put him in the best capable shoes to help people from his age right now and he's going to do very well after Akron. Um, so I thought that was like, but the most important part of what I liked about the whole entire Akron's counseling process is this intern who I was so off put by actually helped me. Like when I said they put you on a waiting list, they don't just like talk to you, let you vent, throw you to the wolves. No, he actually sat down with me, and while you're put on a waiting list, so-called waiting list, um, depending on what your scenario is, he helped me make this, it's called a coping well plan. And what it is, is it, he sat down and it has one, two, three, four, five, six different categories. You start by obviously putting your name on it like every other assignment for Akron. <laughs> but it's not an assignment. And the first thing you do is you talk about the warning signs. You distinguish what your warning signs are, what makes you mentally uneasy. Um, I'm obviously not going to go through mine just for confidentiality reasons I don't want. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty open that. guy, <laughs> but you guys don't need to know everything about it. <laughs> um, so then once you go through your warning signs... Then we talked about what your personal coping strategies are, whether it's watching TV, uh, watching a movie, playing a piano, um, playing an instrument, going on a walk, um, anything of that nature. Just what helps you cope with things. Everyone has different coping strategies, so it's different for everyone. Um, and then third what who is closest to you that can help you your social contacts um so your friends your family your your girlfriend your boyfriend what whoever it may be like who's think of the first five people that if you were to call they would pick up the phone and keep that keep that list then do the same thing with family members and then the fourth category is just like professionals different agencies uh like i was talking about with impact of that you could contact or uh reach out to and it included it included things of like the counseling and testing center then like this national suicide prevention hotline i always talk about the text crisis line um uh, a couple eight a couple like agencies that are in the akron areas like the portage path emergency services um 
the Akron city or Akron general. Um, you could even go like as dumb as it sounds to the police station. Um, police officers are not just there to arrest people and point out the bad guy and stop crime. Like, no, they're a public servant. They're there to help people. So you can go to there. And that right there, I think, is what speaks volumes is because, like, Akron, uh, when I first, like, I was kind of, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of angry when they said, no, you're going to have to wait, like, a week or two before you talk to someone. And then they hit me with this, and I was like, no, they don't just not care about you. They actually do care about you. But you have to understand where Akron's coming from because I said, they don't have, I'm not calling us poor, I'm not, Believe it or not, people cost money to for jobs. Like you can't just hire three thousand counselors to come in. I mean, it's still a job, so they have to pay people for their service. So it made it really opened my eyes into like Akron does care about you. They want to see their students succeed, and this is what they can do for me right now. And even further, I was like, I was like, I'm struggling with my classes. I need help. And they're like, you know what? We'll write a letter for you to your professors, like saying, hey, this dude came to counseling. He needs a little bit of leniency on his course. It's not like saying giving favoritism by no means. But what can you do as a professor to like help them succeed in their class? And that spoke volumes to me because I was like, guys, this is emotionally draining to talk about my scenario. Like, and I don't want to have to do this five different times with every one of my professors. So it's like, can you guys help me out with that? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And that just like dumbfounded me. Like, yeah, we can help you out with your professors. We, we got you. So it's just very reassuring. And I really highly recommend like JP, I know you said you haven't used uh, Akron's counseling yet. Even if you're not like struggling at all, like, just go talk to people like just venting it does a lot for people and it's not throwing your baggage on people either it's not like you just go and complaining and it's actually like i talked about it on one of my previous episodes if you let this stuff build up it's just not good for you mm-hmm. and yeah. i really realized that with like i was like dude i'm being a hypocrite right now like i need to go take my own advice and like really dive in deep and see like how Akron really is doing. So that brings me to like my next question, like where does mental health rank on like USG's agenda? Yeah, so first of all, just to kind of go back and touch on a couple of things that you said. First of all, thank you for being vulnerable and like opening up about your experience with that. I think that takes a lot of courage to first of all be running a mental health first aid or mental health podcast and then be saying, Actually, I haven't been going to counseling. That takes a lot. So first of all, thank you for sharing that. Uh, That's a very real story. I really appreciate that. Um, But yeah, just to kind of add to what you're talking about with Impact Solutions, this is something that we, I heavily advocated for on behalf of USG and behalf of all students that we obtain. Um, We were able to get that through a grant from COVID Emergency Relief, which is really great. Um, So that contract will be in effect for um, a pretty long time, which is really great. Um, So the First portion of it is the sessions like you were mentioning, Costa, and then the second half of it, which is really great, is that it'll also include a crisis emergency line. So from now on, all Akron students, if you call the Counseling and Testing Center, uh, if you're going through something, you're looking to set up an appointment, if you just press option two instead, it'll connect you directly to somebody for a crisis emergency line. Um, So 
a lot of what we're seeing right now through Zip Assist and the care team referrals is emergency crises. And we really think that this line being established will really help kind of alleviate that. So the goal with it is that people who are struggling immediately and need to be seen right now can call that line. Um, it's after hours and holidays, on the weekends, anytime that you need it, you can call it. It's free to use, just like the Counseling and Testing Center. And then the goal with that is that, um, like you said, you can either be referred out to Impact Solutions or you can be kind of retained to the Counseling and Testing Center. But either way, you're seeing somebody if you need to long term. Um, but if you just need somebody to talk to right then and there, you have that resource for you. And the goal is that it'll kind of eliminate that waiting list or at least significantly decrease the waiting time. So I'm really happy that we're offering that. I think it's going to make a big difference. And I'm really glad to hear somebody that already knew about it and is using it. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think it's a great idea. Like, I love it. So if yeah, you can sure. skip a waiting line, if you can get help quicker, yeah. by all means. I'm game for it. Love that. Yeah. So then just to go back to your question about um, our top priority, really. So the platform that JP and I ran on is called hashtag Zips Heartbeat. Uh, the top priori priority of it is mental health and wellness of students. Uh, the other two pillars of it are the food and housing insecurity that students are facing and then just building and strengthening community. Uh, so coming out of COVID especially, um, actually, I'll back up. Part of the reason I ran for president was because of this platform, hashtag Zips Heartbeat. Uh, the president of USG last year, it was his platform, um, and it was the entire reason that I decided to run. I saw the great work that he established and kind of the beginning foundations of it and knew the kind of momentum that it could have, especially coming out of COVID. People were back on campus. I knew that those struggles weren't going to go away. Um, so that's actually why I ran for president and kind of continued it. Um, we've been really successful on it, and I'd say that mental health has definitely been a lot of what we've been focusing on this year and trying to work to continue in the future. Um, so like it's been talked about before, but uh, the Mental Health Task Force was established last year, and I was the chair of it. Um, so my first act as president this year was to reestablish it, which is really exciting. Um, and if you're an Akron student and you're looking to get involved and kind of affect some change on campus, we do have seats open on that. Um, we've had some changes recently um, that we're trying to open that up to a couple more students so if you're interested in getting involved uh reach out to costa dm the usg instagram account uh we're looking for a treasure yes that's for active minds as well yes so you can plug for active minds plug for mental health task force uh just get involved i think it's one of the great ways to kind of affect real change on campus but yeah so reestablish the mental health task force uh, like JP mentioned, he underwent the mental health first aid training, which was really great. So we yeah. opened that up to all USG members. It was free to do. And then actually working with the Counseling and Testing Center, that'll be offered, hoping to be on a monthly basis next semester for any UA student that wants to take it, uh, which is really cool because it's free to do. Uh, you get a certificate afterwards. It's basically just teaching you like kind of bystander techniques. And JP, if you want to talk a little bit more about yeah. your experience. But yeah, we think it'll be a really great way to just kind of equip students with being able to recognize that within their peers and being the first one to actually take a stand. Because I think so many times when you hear about students taking their own life or anybody taking their own life, everybody looks around and says like, wow, I wish I knew what that person was going through. I wish I saw the signs and could have made a difference. Um, so that's really what this training aims to do. So really proud to have been offering that. Um, we also paid for and have been advocating for the use of Cognito, if you've heard of that. Um, if you go to the Counseling and Testing Center's website, there's a link for it. That's also free to use for Akron students. I really recommend that everybody takes it. It's a 45-minute training. Um, basically, again, just kind of teaching you in a shorter version what the mental health first aid training does. So really proud of that accomplishment. Um, like I mentioned, advocated for impact solutions, crisis counseling. Um, and then we also most recently, Costa, like you just talked about, reestablished the Active Minds chapter at Akron. So really proud of that. Um, it was kind of in the works for over a year. So yeah. really proud to that, for that to actually have come to fruition. 
And then looking forward into next semester, this is probably the biggest task that we're undertaking right now, is the planning of mental health roundtables, I'm calling them. Uh, so basically, coming, like I said, basically out of COVID, people were back on campus for the first time. I knew that mental health was going to be more prevalent than ever um, as it was in the pandemic, and then having to readjust again to learning in person and being a college student. Um, just kind of dealing with burnout, everything that we're seeing right now across the country, really. Uh, UA students are not immune to that. Um, and I was kind of struggling with, okay, I know this is happening on campus, but how do I actually hear that from people and how do we really affect change about this? Uh, so the series of mental health roundtables is gonna be once a month, we're gonna be hosting a speaker from Active Minds, which is really exciting, just another plug for them. Um, and then meeting with different groups of students across campus. So the first one is gonna be with student athlete liaisons or student athletes, and then we're gonna have one with uh, students of color, LGBTQ plus students, uh, men, because there's definitely a different stigma about men and opening up with mental health, um, and then residence life students are just first generation or first year college students in general, because that's obviously a big transition as well. Um, so yeah, the Active Mind speaker will come in, kind of give their presentation about this. Like I know for student athletes, it's gonna be about destructive perfectionism, just kind of talking about different topics that'll apply to them in relation to their mental health. And then it'll be a conversation facilitated by JP and myself about issues that those students are facing at UA specifically on campus um, and just kind of identifying potential solutions for those. So I, in talks with some student athletes, it's been really hard for them to manage the practice schedules, the game schedules with their classes um, and identifying a potential solution to come out of that, just working closer with faculty and staff just to be more understanding about things like that. Um, just an, as an example of about that, but yeah, mental health is definitely the top priority of our lives. Um, is very prevalent in USG right now. Yeah, and I would say going back to um, Grace's point, last year I was heavily <clears throat> involved in the process of like creating that platform. I was their chief of staff at first and then um, was appointed as vice president. Um, so that was definitely the top priority, but it wasn't even from like what we had experienced. It was from through personal testimonies that uh, we had heard from like a lot of our friends, especially just on like, I have no idea like how I'm coping with just moving online. Because that was right when COVID hit, when we were sworn in and like that kind of whole process took place. So it's definitely been at the forefront and that's more or less from personal testimonies and experiences that we've heard from friends and then uh, like graduates that had passed on um, and just been like the hardest experiences that they've had have been in college and uh, like developing as a student and as just like a college student, like it's hard. And um, <clears throat> I know you're gonna talk about it later about the whole burnout because I think this is a really good discussion to have, but um, talking about like your, what was the plan called that your counselor had? You Coping said? well plan. Yeah, so there's something like that in the mental health first aid training. It's like a self-care plan. Um, and the whole premise of it is like, mental health first aid is really straining. Like if you're giving it to somebody, they're clearly going through something that like, you probably are gonna like have on your shoulders after that. Like, it's not something where you're just like, it's not something where they're like giving somebody the Heimlich. Like obviously you're saving their life in that instance, but it's not anything like what well, is life threatening. That's a horrible it's example a to use. Yeah, <laughs> it's a reoccurring treatment. Like right, exactly. So obviously, and you talked about it too. Like how how do you cope with that? Like how do you facilitate that? Like what are some ways you get out? And so they have like these like six or seven uh, like branches that stem out from that. Like do you cope like by talking to friends and family? Like how do you cope after something like that? So for me. It was like, well, I have good conversations with the friends and I just kind of not vent to them, but it's like, this is how I feel. And it almost feels better. I don't need validation. I just need to get it off my chest. 
and so there's that or there's even like sometimes to just get away from the stress of life i just play video games like and you can take that as you will like i admit can be stressful at times but that's just like something i do just to take my mind off of like either school or what's going on outside of my life um so it's just things like that where it's like you set up ways so if you're caught in a moment where it's like i need just to get away from everything i know exactly how to do that so that's really cool to see that like you also kind of have something similar to that but back to the question at hand it's been like on our minds for a long time so i just want to add something to like when you said uh i think it's important to distinguish not only like what are your coping methods but like what are your healthy coping methods yeah and you put it you, you gave a very good uh, example with like video games if you're under stress or something like that now i admit i'm not saying by no means am i saying video games make people serial killers but <laughs> right I, yeah you get the long yeah, lines yeah, yeah. that I'm going with. If you're if you're stressed out and you have anxiety, probably going and playing a sh- first person sh- first person shooting game is probably not the best thing. Yeah. Now, like I said, people it helps in different ways, and it doesn't. I'm not saying video say, games yeah. make people serial killers. It, so yeah, I think it's just like up to, and that's the whole thing about designing it right. It's a self care plan. So like for mm-hmm. me, that's something I've done since I was like fourteen. So right. not first person shooters, but just video games overall. Like it's just something I've grown up with. It's a comfort for me. It's almost right. like a comfort food for some people. But mm-hmm. in that instance, I totally get what you're saying. Like clearly, if you are stressed out by anything and everything, don't go and be like, oh, a first person shooter is gonna be relaxing because yeah. it probably won't be. Yeah, I think for me, it's more the experience of like I'm doing it with friends and like we're all just laughing. Right. Like I'm not taking anything seriously, and if I am, it's usually just like I definitely understand that. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight no, that. I, that's a very good call. I didn't even think about there's that. There's definitely a, a fine line and like understanding like all right, what helps me cope and what is healthy coping. Yeah. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, the training seminar that you guys were talking about. Yes. Um, I can't. I can't remember it. Is it how often is that available? So for the spring, we um, are going to try to do it once a month um, for the rest of the spring semester. So there'll be one for like January, February, March, April, up until May. I think because that's when the semester ends. So very excited because i know we had some technical not technical difficulties but just some scheduling issues just with trying to plan out one more than one for the fall but things just got lost on our end and their end and it just didn't work out for more than one but um so we're very excited to have like a regular schedule of them for the spring because i i found it super beneficial and just kind of going like kind of what grace was mentioning on like if i had known the signs earlier i could have stepped in which is one of like the biggest things that i have I think mental health issues with now is like go looking back on like incidents that have happened in my life. It's like seeing some of the signs I could have easily stepped in and done something before something happened. Um, but it's just like now I feel more prepared moving forward in case I see something like that. But yeah, those are just the ones that are hosted by USG though. Yeah. Um, so at any time you can reach out to the counseling and testing center and just let them know that you're interested in it. Um, it's facilitated by a few people that are like designated as trained professionals for it yep. um, from like the greater organization that isn't responsible for it. Um, so at any point you can reach out to them and just say that it's something you're interested in. Um, and I'm sure we're not the only student org on campus that's been hosting it or anything. So they can just let you know, I'm sure when the next time somebody will be hosting it is, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to accommodate that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 
a little bit longer of a training um, than the Cognito is. It's an all-day, eight-hour thing, um, and there is yes. two hours of online pre-work to it, um, but it's a lot longer than Cognito because it's much more in depth yeah like we get like we got a lot more personal as to like suicide prevention and like steps that you can actively take and like asking the right questions and like the resources that you talked about like the um suicide hotline and like the national crisis text line and stuff like that um and to the point of like yeah we had somebody in our group that wasn't from usg like she was a graduate student who like had been mental health first aid certified before and was getting recertified because the certificate expires like every three years so Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to hear her perspective because some of the language had actually changed like from when she originally took it. So she was like, oh, that's odd. Like that it's said like that now or like even like some of the language is different from what it was three years ago when you're talking about like suicide and stuff like that. So it was really interesting to hear her experience because she does something else on campus that we're starting to collaborate with her more on. So it's been really beneficial to go through that. All right, so guys, I'm not meaning to cut you short. It will bring you back on for a part two because I, I honestly could sit here. I say it to like I feel like a broken record because I say it to like every one of my guests. I could sit here and talk about mental health like for hours because I'm very very passionate about it. Um, and I I really this is honestly another reason why I thought about switching my major is because I just really enjoy diving into like different people's scenarios, different people's perspectives. Um, just really learning to learning more about them as a human being. Um, so JP brought up a good point with Jamie um, in ruse and recovery, and that will be what we are going to be focusing on on the next topic. Um, but I just want to say a big thank you to the president <laughs> and vice president for coming out on USG, giving their time talking about mental health opening up really guys like thank you from the bottom of my heart like this right here is what i'm trying to do here at akron and i think you guys are like the stepping stones and i think we're gonna do great things and i really really appreciate you guys supporting me coming on and giving me the time because i know your guys' time is very valuable so thank you guys yeah, absolutely. And I think this is mental health is obviously something very important to JP and I. It's the top priority of hashtag Zips Heartbeat, our entire platform that we ran on. Um, and things like this are exactly what we're all about. Um, I know I'm sure you've all heard like hashtag end the stigma. Um, this is exactly what that is. Just talking to people, opening up about what you've been through, your opinions on mental health, what your experience is. Um, I don't think we can make any, any, I don't think anybody can make a difference without being real with each other about things like that. Um, and this is the first time I've even met you. So this is really cool like to have that experience, like first time meeting somebody, just opening up and having such a real authentic conversation. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Seriously. Like, I just want to point out, you are the first female on the show. I know. I noticed that. I actually meant to say that in my intro. I was kind of excited about that. Um, I know you talked about before just kind of the stigma about men and mental health, but yeah, really excited to bring that female aspect of things. We'd love to hear from different uh, different perspectives and encourage uh, more females, more girls at Akron to come on the show, uh, even though it's more of, I guess, quote-unquote, focused towards guys. It's really not. It's for everyone. Um, so get vocal, stay vocal, stay active, and just keep supporting us. I appreciate you guys for following us, uh, listening, sharing, tweeting, whatever it is on all of our platforms. I really appreciate you guys.
because what it's, it's really driving me because of what I'm seeing, the feedback, the comments, uh, people messaging me like, hey, I went to counseling because of you or, hey, you really inspired me to I want to come on the podcast. <clears throat> Grace. <laughs> so, so that right there is what keeps me inspired and what what are driving forces and please keep it going because I don't want this thing to die out and I want to see Akron be a better place so thank you guys for coming on the show like I said part two is going to come um, thank you for listening